First Kings chapter 17. Amen. And in the book of First uh, Kings chapter 17, God has a word for his people. And God is, God is going to address some things that uh, we may have tapped into the time that we've been apart. You know, the time where you've been going through in your homes or on the jobs or maybe with your children, with remote learning or what have you. And, and so there have been some things that we've said and even some things that we've done out of frustration. And that's a part of your human experience, right? And, and, and so God has given us a remedy in this work. Today. So I want you to pay close attention to what the Spirit of God is saying. Um, there's a lot of text here. I'm not going to read all of it, okay? But I want you to turn with me to First Kings chapter 17. And I want you to look at verse 9. And I'm going to sort of dance throughout this chapter. And then I'm going to entrust the Spirit of God to, 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 to provide you or to supply you with anything that I've missed. I, I trust God to do that. And then I'm going to trust you and challenge you to go back and read it if you feel that God is, has more in this text than what I'm sharing with you. But in 1 Kings chapter 17, I want you to look at verse 9. Now, let me just give you some platform. We're talking about Elijah, okay, the prophet Elijah. And, and we, you know, we, we know Elijah, amen. But there, there, you cannot overlook, y'all know I'm big on seasons, I, I, because I, I just, when God gave me the revelation about seasons and times, it, it changed my life. It really changed my life. Because it helped me to understand why certain things happen at certain times. And if you can ever get that, it, it will help you, it will help you cope with your crazy. You know, you won't, you, you'll learn how to work with God, even when it's uncomfortable. You will learn how to say, okay, God, this is what we're doing. Let's go do it. I don't understand. I don't like it. I don't, but I'm, I'm going to do it. Because you understand that, that time is, is an essence that you can't, you can't get that back. And so you've got to pay attention, and I've said this, and I will continue to say this. Amen. You've got to pay attention to what's happening around you. You've got to be watchful people. You've got to be vigilant people. You can't be slumbering. You can't be, you've got, you can't be naive. You've got to watch. You've got to watch movements around you. You've got to watch who's coming in, and you think you do. You've got to watch who's coming in, and, and who's leaving. And you've got you to gotta watch. Because, God, you are prophetic people. Nothing just happens just to happen. You, nothing just happens to you as a prophetic. Everything for the most part, outside of your own human experience, but, but for the most part, when things happen to you, there is a reason why. So I want to take you to Elijah because we hear, and I ministered a while back about Elijah, and he left his armor bear, and he was at the mountain. And, and, and But this is something different here. The, the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 9, God is talking to Elijah, and this is after he pronounced the plague. And oh, I'm so pregnant today. Let me say this. <laughs> I feel that I got five messages in here. <laughs> um, uh, this is why I write so much. Y'all. So, understand that as a prophet or prophetic people, be careful what you say when you feel in some kind of way. That was, I just, that was a bar right there. I just dropped it. <laughs> you can't say stuff like everybody else can say stuff. Your mouth is wired different. And so when you speak, God partners, his angels partner, the universe partners with what you say. When Elijah said, at my word, there shall neither be rain nor dew for these for three years, there was neither rain nor dew. And so when you're upset, you got to be careful. 
saying is too, is you want to eat the fruit, even if you're prophesying wrath and destruction on somebody else. If you in that house, all hell will break loose up here if I don't get me some chicken. Well, when hell breaks loose, guess what? You will go through that hell too. You ain't gonna have no more profit corner. <laughs> this corner is unhealable. Hell shield proof. No, you're gonna go through that thing too. And so when, when Elijah prophesied it's not gonna be rain nor dew for the space of I think it's three years, six years, whatever time it was, then what and guess what? He suffered right along with everybody else. And so it was at this time when God told uh, uh, Elijah, he said, get up. And and he, he was at the brook. This is in verse 2, 3. Get up and go to the brook. And there's a lot I can say about that. That brook, Cherith, in the Hebrew is Cherith. That means cutting. And, and it's the kind of cutting that means like a divorce. Like if you're cutting people out of your life. People said, that ain't biblical. Yes, it is. God cut Elijah away from the people. Because there was some, some sanctification and some healing that God wanted to do in his prophet. In his prophets, this is why God is always separating divides. He's like, can I have a friend? Nope. Number one, you done chose the wrong one. Number two, y'all prophesying each other and you took in the time. You're going to do some great things for God. Girl, I know I see you do some great things too. Child, I see you do great things. The blood of Jesus, you will do even greater. And so God said, yeah. Break it up. Angel cut, send him over to somewhere. Ain't gonna be no best friend, buddy, pal, prophesying around here. Just, just cut that out. That don't work. That don't work at all. <laughs> and so, and so there was this divorcing that had to take place in Sharon. And so God had to divorce Elijah, amen, from systems and mentalities and things, amen, at this brook. And so that's why he went through a lean season. You don't think just because you're anointed that your bank account is going to always have a couple zeros to it. Honey, you can be just as anointed and have two pennies that you found outside your car at the restaurant. And that's all you got. How much you got? Child, I got two cents cash at me. Sister's going through some struggles right now. It has nothing to do. You may have the Uber. You may have to catch a bus. That has nothing to do with who you are in God. And some people go through some things, man. When they don't have money, God must be mad. The brother Jesus, he come a witch. And it has nothing to do with the witch. Or the, it's, just, it's just a season of leanness. <sighs> Leave the witches alone. Leave them for another day. But it's not always warfare. Sometimes it's just character development. Sometimes it's a pruning and a purging and a charity, a cutting and a divorcing. Oh, you like the shop, huh? Oh, you like Amazon. God put the whole world on lockdown for Amazon. Honey, I used to get my stuff two days prior. What you mean I gotta wait three months? I don't understand this. What is this? Kind of devil is this? And so God, God will cut you away. Even Amazon was like, nah, we don't know when we're gonna get that's why we got TVs up there. Like, we don't know when we're gonna ship it. We don't know. It's tracking the tracking said we don't know. <laughs> and just like, what if it went out? Like, I don't know. Amen. <laughs> hey so you just don't know. And so those lean seasons will teach you patience and it will teach you so many wonderful things. So I don't want to get away from the message, but so many wonderful things is what you'll learn in your lean season. And so that's why God said, go to the brook. Of all the places that God could have sent Elijah to, of all the places God could have sent you to, there's a certain place. A certain place where God is. And when the angels told Lot to come out of Sodom and they would t- they told him, come go to the mountain, he was like, no. And he wouldn't go. He would not go. Guess what? He went down to the valley because he didn't want to put the, put the effort in going up to the hot place. And guess what? His daughters raped him. See, there was an unrapable anointing on the mountain. Oh, don't nobody want to climb nowhere in God. Everybody want to be low. 
cheating. It's when you lower your standards. So, so there was a certain place that God wanted Elijah for the work. God ordained and called ravens. Everybody and their cousin know raven is a dirty bird. First of all, you are you are a symbolic eagle. We don't eat from we don't we don't eat that. But God will put you in a season, and God listen. God took a dirty bird and sanctified him just for that hour because of what God was doing. Because God said, even though you're in a lean season, I'm going to provide for you. I don't want you to get distracted with trying to look and want and search. Just sit still, let me kill you, bring you back alive, and I'm going to feed you. Don't worry about what they look like when they come. Just eat it. Okay? You you can go back to whatever you like, but right now, this is what you got to have. And so in that, God said, okay, so now uh, I'm going to drive this, this brook up, and that's going to be the prophetic sign that it's time to move forward. So God doesn't send Elijah back to deal with Ahab, back to his hometown. No, God said, I want you to go to a widow. Now, hold up. You just left me at a brook in the woods, and I'm eating off of a dirty bird. You know, I, I know there's a breakthrough coming, but I didn't know my breakthrough was going to look like this. Sometimes your breakthrough looks worse than what you're going through. Like, this cannot be God. <laughs> Lord have mercy. The Lord said, walk off the job or quit the job. I got a new job. You take the new job and Lord have mercy. You're like, what kind of fresh devil is this? I ain't never, I don't even know how to fight this one. But it's your assigned place. Come on. Every place that God sends you to is not going to be a place where you just skipping and hollering and hallelujah. Sometimes you're going to sit there like, what, what, what is this? <laughs> and so you're going to have those seasons where you just don't understand why God is doing it. You know you heard God, but it's just not making sense in your shine or not. This is not making sense to me. So God drives, tells Elijah, and this is where I am. I just had to give you a little bit of platform. And so God tells Elijah, I'm, I'm going to a, I'm going to send you, verse 9, Arise, get to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, dwell there. Behold, I commanded a widow there to sustain thee. And so, not only are they in a drought, he's sending him to a widow. She ain't got nothing. Ain't nobody got nothing. You know? Don't nobody have nothing, especially a widow. Who's going to, she's looking for somebody to take care of her. And so he arrives, you know, <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I'm going to tell you some weird things to do, and you just better do it, and just trust God in the process, and you'll, you'll understand it after a while, and bye bye. He arose and got up and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow woman there. Now check this out. This is what the Lord revealed to me. God told Elijah, he said, I've commanded a woman there to sustain me. Guess what? She apparently didn't get the memo. <laughs> so you want to find seasons in your life. I heard, oh, well, God is telling you. Go ahead, do this. And you get there, and they're like, we, we don't have no openings, we don't have no... And you're like, no, I know I heard God tell me to come here. I know, I know. And, and so, you got to understand that certain types of obedience on behalf of other people only comes into fruition when you get on the scene. Some folks that God is sending you to don't even know you're coming. And when you get there, you may have to convince them who you are. And then when that happens, the door will open for you. I told you I saw open doors. And so I don't want you to get you know, upset and get off track. when you, But they wouldn't even know. My name is not on the right. So my, that don't mean nothing. God said he commanded somebody there. Now, the, the, the time it takes for that person's heart, listen to me carefully. It takes time for a person's heart to respond to your prayers. You heard that, Jesus? I heard it. They got real quiet. Because when y'all pray, you think, well, uh, in, in Jesus' name, amen. And then the minute you get up off your knees, you change your supposed to just tumble over in your lap. You pray and you lay the word and you sit that thing out until the spirit realm for God to move on. Now you got to wait for God for no, 
You gotta wait for that human being to respond to your prayer. So your prayers are twofold. It's not just what you pray, but you gotta wait for folk to obey. So he gets to Zarephath. I'm still in First Kings chapter 17. I'm gonna be here. Verse 10. He gets to the thing, and the woman is gathering sticks, not wood. She's gathering sticks. So you already know. Anybody ever had a barbecue? You can already tell. And my husband is the barbecue king. You can tell what your menu is going to look like by virtue of the size of the grill <laughs> and the bag of charcoal. If you got a little tabletop grill, if you got a, a Ziploc bag of charcoal, <laughs> eat before you come. Eat before you come. Oh, you better do some Uber Eats or DoorDash. You better get so I'll be right back. I'm just going to go and check uh, my trunk, uh, my tires of my car. And you're running around grabbing your hamburger and need you to come back because you're still hungry. So you can tell this woman did not have a whole lot she was working with. The Bible said she was gathering sticks. She didn't need a whole lot of wood because she knew it wasn't even going to be none of that. You can burn up a little bit of bread you got. So she just needed a little tiny fire because she only had a little tiny bit of meal or whatever. But this is what the circumstance was setting God up, setting Elijah up. And so Elijah had to be tripping. He's like, I cannot believe this right here. Yeah. You know, first of all, you send me, God, to the brook. I dealt with that. I, you know, I got past that. But now you're sending me to a widow and he's walking up on the scene and she's got to pick up sticks. Yeah. Um, some of them look right. And, and then that didn't make it worse. She turned around and said to him, I only have a little bit of food. Me and my son are going to eat it and die. That's a problem. <laughs> That's going to be a problem for me. I, first of all, I don't need you speaking that kind of stuff. And so this brings me into my topic is to reverse your self-inflicted curse. It brings me right into where I'm going. Here's what she said uh, in verse 12. Highlight it, asterisk it, or whatever you got to do. And she said, as the Lord lives, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a bottle, jar, whatever. And behold, listen, my King James said two sticks. So perspective. I'm gathering two sticks that I may go and address it for me and my son, listen, that we may eat it and die. She cursed her household. And that's where God is taking us today. God is dealing with that because from the conversations that we have had, some of us have cursed ourselves in the midst of this pandemic. Even in the midst of this writing, we cursed it. We ain't going to never come out of this. They're going to burn the whole country down. I ain't going to never get back to the job. But never. You have to be careful as prophetic people what you say. Sometimes it's best. The Bible said Jesus said not a mumbling word. As a matter of fact, when he was on Calvary, he had seven words. And those were very short, brief sayings. Why? Because I'm in pain. I am wounded. I am hurt. But I also have power in my mouth. And when I speak, the Bible said, he said, you don't think I can call 12, I think 12,000 legions Honey, it won't be no earth. Y'all ain't got to worry about a resurrection. You ain't need to come back here. Jesus understood when they came at him and they accused him and they charged him. Jesus knew you. it's not good for you for me to speak today. Sometimes you just got to say, you just got to text back and say, okay. Somebody put on Facebook. They were like, do you know how many uh, posts I put on there? And I mean, full-length passages. And I'm going to say, delete it. 
Because you can't share stuff when you're in pain as prophetic people. You, your mouth is wired different. And God will honor what you say. And so here's what has happened. Many of us in this time of being away from the corporate worship, we have some of us, some, 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 I said some, have dried up. That's why we had to come and I had to come get y'all early this morning. Before I do it, I had to come and get the church. Because being home, being away, being confined, looking at the news, looking at social media, looking at your kids, looking at the report card, it can make you feel some kind of way. On top of anything else that you may be dealing with. And instead of you speaking, I know God is going to deliver, God is going to heal, God is going to bring me out. And God, if he did it before, he'll do it again. You know, those kind of phrases, if you're not around the right people who can kind of keep you, my word last week was momentum, that can keep you going. You need somebody that will push you, kick you, drag you, and say, look, no, we're not going to stay here. Come on, we got to go. We, you can't stay here and die. You can't stay. Come on now, woman of God, man of God. God's got more in you for that. Now. You know better than that. Let's go. We got, you've got so much more in you than what you're going through. Your present circumstances do not dictate what God is doing in your life and what God is getting ready to do. It it is a process of character development, training, discipleship, deliverance, healing, whatever that is, but it does not mean that you are going to die in this. But many of us, even as this woman, and I can understand her pain, it's a drought, she has no husband, amen, and apparently her son is not old enough to venture out because she's out there looking. So you can just put some perspective on how old this boy was. You know, he wasn't old enough to find six. So we don't know. What we do know is that this season of drought that that woman was in, it caused her so much grief and so much pain that she spoke a self-inflicted curse over her generation. And we have got to be careful as people of God that when we're feeling some kind of way to not speak a curse over our life, over our children. Look at them. Every time I turn around, you always get in trouble. You ain't going to never be nothing. You'll never get out of high school. You never. And then you wonder why the child is struggling. You get calls every other day. Because you spoke something. Every time I get some money, something break down. I can't never save no money. Guess what? You can never save no money. And then we bonding and loosen. Honey, we done choked up so many demons that it ain't even funny. And the demons have nothing to do with it at all. Have nothing to do with it. Praise God. This is something you brought on yourself. Somebody say, I brought it on myself. Say it again. I brought it on myself. So I'm asking the Holy Spirit to put a mirror up in front of us. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to show us the areas in our life where we have spoken curses and judgments. And then at the end, we're going to reverse that thing and we're going to speak the blessings of God and we're going to call life to every dead place that, that we've given life to. We've given life to death, if that makes sense. She said, as the Lord liveth, verse 12, I'm reading that again, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in the barrel, a little oil in the cruise. Behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go and dress it for me and my son that we may eat and die. And so here comes prophetic intervention. The assignment for Elijah was more than the assignment for Elijah. God was trying to save that woman's generation. Now, some say her son was the prophet Jonah. We don't know for sure. But obviously, whoever her son was, there was some type of destiny attached to his life. That when, as God in his foreknowledge knew this woman is suffering so much, she's at the point. God can see when you're suffering so much, you get to the point that you're ready to give it up. And there are people who are suffering. 
And suffering will make you say some things. Suffering will make you say some things. Suffering made Joe's wife say, why don't you just curse God now? Suffering. She never said that when everything was going well. Don't you know you can speak a whole new language when you're, you're in your suffering season? That's why Jesus told him, he said, y'all, let's pray. The hour is come. And he tried to encourage him because he saw great tribulation, great uh, 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 challenges were coming. And he said, the only way you want to survive is prayer. And he kept looking at all y'all praying. And all they know, they just ate, they tired, they sleeping. Oh, yeah, we see you, Jesus. And he was like, no, you need to pray. Because there is an hour of temptation coming. And so Jesus had to commit himself to prayer. And he had to arrive to that spiritual place called nevertheless. God, if you don't pay my bill, if I have to sit here with candles and a fan, uh, self-made fan, I'm going to be all right. You got to get to a place called nevertheless. And, and so so here's where the prophet Elijah comes in. And so I, I want to just interject that right there for a minute and say, this is why, as your apostle and as your prophet, I have been very strategic these past few months. Because I understand, and I think I was telling Jazika somebody, I said, I need to see y'all, I need to, I need to know everybody's okay. And, and so I went before the Lord, I said, okay, God, we've never been in a pandemic, we've never had a door shut as such, churches ain't been shut down. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Oh, we're in the mark of the beast, we're in the revelation, Jesus, soon to come, they're going to shut the church down. They never said to shut the church down. Hello. Our doors were open. Were we open? Yes. So you can't feed into this nonsense. Can't nobody shut no church down. Are you kidding me? So, I went before the Lord and said, God, I need to know what to do. Because I know my people. I know the ones that can, I know mine that can sail through it. How you doing? Fine, boss, I'm good. You know. And then the other ones, I just don't know what to do. Some that won't respond to your text messages. You about to raise the Calvary. So you kind of know, Right? And so the, 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 the strategy God gave me, because I'm going to tell you why I moved strategically like I did. I said, Lord, I got to make sure the people are good. I'm still talking about prophetic intervention. Because when you're in a season of suffering, you must be surrounded by those who can hear God. Who can help navigate you through that season that you've never been in in your life before. Now, there's some trials. Well, I'm used to them going crazy. I'm honey, we, I, my family's crazy. I'm so used to them flipping, just wait next month. They're like stupid again. There's some trials that you just, you already know. I already know. I got people in my life where I already know what's going to happen. You know? So you can kind of prepare yourself for the warfare. You can kind of prepare your spirit. But then there's some battles. You don't get a manual for that. Like, who in the world knows what to do with a COVID? Come on. What, you, what, is, what is this? What you mean we can't go to school? We can't go, we can't shop. We can't, we got to wear masks. What is it? So there are new things sometimes that will take place in your life. And God, listen, in his, in his in infinite love and concern for you, he will strategically move people in. You can't miss that. Here she go text and she get on my nerves. Come on. No, this person has been assigned by your apostle and your prophet to make sure you are still in a good place in God. So we don't have to keep you on the altar for five hours when you get back. <laughs> the woman of God came to me and said, Mom, we want to do something different for midweek. Midweek changed from one person up here teaching. To a platform. Yeah. And then guess what they said? We're going to study the book on uh, Displays and Demon Gate Watch. When I tell you it was so, so, so strategic. And everybody's into it. Everybody's studying. And God is unlocking revelation. And new teachers are coming up through the ranks. Come on somebody. Yeah. Say prophetic intervention. 
cell groups. You got folks talking about tissue and donuts. I'm not gonna call you see your name. That's the donut applause right there. Thank you, my Dolores. We love you and we appreciate you. But it feels good to know, hey mom, somebody dropped this off for you. Or here's a group text. We love y'all. Here's the word of God. It feels good when you're in that valley of suffering to know somebody is thinking about you. They may be going through that because every cell leader was in a cell group themselves. It was so strategic. Then God said, birth out to Christ seminar. And here we are on Zoom. And I know I was looking crazy. Plenty nice. And it's okay because it was in the evening and I don't work all day. And my hair was doing things that was just ungodly, praise God. So I apologize. I'm sorry. But it is what it is. And, and so, well, here we are on Zoom. And everybody's taking a turn. Everybody's sharing. It, 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 it was strategic. So that it was a strategic prophetic intervention. And then on Sundays, we had essential staff here. Everybody tuned in. The ministers of work. And, stuff. and we kept things going. To keep the people alive in a season that was killing so many physically and spiritually. God sent your Elijah in. You didn't understand. Here go possible with another lie. Don't you worry about it. I'm under direct orders to keep you alive. As she said that, listen to what happens in verse 12. She said, we'll eat it and we'll die. Verse 13, and Elijah said, Elijah immediately stepped in and he addressed it. The same thing happened when Rachel was giving birth to Benjamin. Great season of suffering. Her, her suffering was definitely self-inflicted because you had no business stealing. Okay? You stole from your daddy and now you lie. Come on. If you steal, you lie. You ain't gonna discriminate. Well, I'm a thief, but I'm always saying the truth. <laughs> Why do you do that? If you steal, you will lie. It's married, they go together. <laughs> you can always count on me. Just don't leave your purse out of there. I'm just saying, I'm gonna be here for you. <laughs> so, 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 but Rachel, the reason why she suffered, well, because she was because she stole and she lied. She she, she, she was suffering under a self-inflicted curse. And some of what, some say, say, say some. Some of what we deal with is not demonic stuff. And somebody prayed against me from way back, way long ago. Some of this stuff are things we open the door and say, come on in. And then look brand new when it starts sprouting and acting crazy. But wait, it's going, oh, the blood of Jesus, I need to pray for me. I need the altar, I need the bucket, I need to. No, you need to go back and address what you said. Command the power of that word to be brought down to nothing. Destroy it and move on. Everything is not demonic now. Some things are. But not everything. So the prophet goes in and he says, don't be afraid. So so here you find that fear, it, it, fear was the was the door opening. Well, I'm going to say fear unlocked the so Fear unlatched the door. Okay? When she joined with me, I'm afraid. And suffering will make you, lack will make you be afraid. Yes. How I'm gonna pay this bill? Yes. What happened if the lights get turned off? So here, you just open the door. Well, what happened? And this is what I've been getting the whole time. What happens if we don't go back to work? What happens if they cut unemployment off? Those are doors that you have unlocked 
for fear and worry and doubt and unbelief and stress. They all come in in groups. This is why we have to address this. So Elijah said, first of all, don't be afraid. Go and do what I told you to do. So you're going to find that in order to confront your fear, you're going to first have to be obedient to what God is saying to you. You're going to have to obey. And, and, and obedience sometimes going to cost you something. Make me first. Now you've got to address your fear, be obedient, and sacrifice. That was what broke. Well, I'm not even going to say broke. But that was the catalyst for change. Those were the ingredients that God needed to move in this woman's life. Because guess what? Even though the prophet was in her house, she had already opened the door to death. So you got the word of God and you got death living under the same roof. And let me tell you how this works, Deaconess. Is that spirit or those spirits that you let in will be so quiet. Because you eating and you good. You got your EBT. You got your unemployment. You got your whatever. And, 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 and so you you so happy now that you got provisions. You forgot to shut the door on that curse that you spoke. You're so happy with oh God's doing a new thing. God's blessing me. God's making a way. But and he is. But you forgot to address there's somebody else in the room. There's somebody you let in your house that's watching you eat your food. <laughs> Watching you while you sleep. I see shadows. Like you can ask Marissa always say. I see shadows. I see dead people. Well, let me tell you something. You need to make sure you have to deal with that stuff. Nothing should be in your house that shouldn't be in your house. Hello. 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 thing I'm picking up now every time. Hello, my joy to stop it. Hello. I go, Hello. <laughs> anyway, so so you you got the prophet in the house, and you got this curse in the house. Let's read on to see what happens. And so the prophet prophesies, God's gonna provide for you. God's gonna make a way for you, and He is. Praise God. Verse fifteen, she went and did according. She obedience was fulfilled. She sacrificed. She gave. And look at verse sixteen. And what the word that God spoke through Elijah came to pass. God upheld every word. She didn't have lack. She didn't have need. Everything was fine, right? Wrong. Everything was not fine. Just because your bills are paid and you got food don't mean everything is right. Just because you got money in your account does not. And that's how the enemy will lull you into sleep. Rock a bye, baby. That's how the enemy will lull you. Because you focus on your blessings and your breakthroughs and everything God is doing that you forget. And that's what the enemy wants you to do. It's be so distracted. Don't you know your blessings can distract you? Your good thing can distract you. Isn't that what happened with the rich young ruler? Jesus said, come follow me. No, I got this, I got that. He asked another man, can you marry? I just got married. Your blessings can distract you. Everybody good? Verse 17, say 17. First Kings 17, 17. Put in your Holy Ghost in your inner man. So you never forget this. First Kings 17, 17. Look at what happens. And it came to pass after these things, all the blessings and breakthrough and all the good food and the good times, and we listening to the prophet, we worshiping, all that good stuff. Guess what? That the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And the sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. He died in her breakthrough season. 
How you going to experience death in your breakthrough? This is what it's come down to, people of God. We are in our breakthrough season. No doubt about it. I feel no, that's why I have an excitement. I don't know what's, I don't even know what's coming. I just feel in my know, I just know that I know that some great things are coming. I don't, I, I can't describe it. I don't know what it means. And I'm okay saying I don't know. That's right. All I know is I feel something. That's right. I feel God. Okay? And, and, and so, but even in that, you don't want to get so excited and so caught up with what God is doing that you, that you ignore what the enemy is doing. The Bible talks about a thief that, that sold tears by night. When the people were sleeping. When you're in a spirit of slumber, you're so caught up in your everything that you forget somebody sitting in your house. Somebody sit there. And they, listen, they look like they belong there, too. That's why you had that dressing. You had you had mentioned it. You walked by. Good morning, good morning, praise the Lord. You want some coffee? Yeah. And you don't even know what you got in there. She had no idea death was in her house. While they were eating pancakes and whatever else they were eating, death was there. So listen. So she says to Elijah, what am I to do with you, old man of God? Listen, listen, listen. Are you come to call my sins? And slay my son. Isn't that what we do? Child, the devil's attacking my finances, the blood of Jesus. And the Lord was like, No, this is not the devil attacking your health or your. These are doors you open. And don't we do that? We blame people. Well, it's my mama didn't raise me, my daddy left me when I was two. My, and that may be your reality, and I get it. We all have a painful place. But now, come on now, you you 45 years old now. Come on now, you somebody's daddy yourself. You a mama. Come on, come on. You done spoke in tongues and prophesied and shouted and ran up and down. You still got my mama hurt me. What? Why we so? Now, now hear my heart, because you, I get like, well, I'm gonna go, I just don't know what you meant. Let me explain what I'm saying. I'm not saying your pain is not real. I'm not saying your pain didn't happen. Let me come, we got pain. Prophet Jennifer book, the preface behind my pain. We got pain. We are acquainted with grief. However, there is a bomb in Gilead. Yes. Yes. There is a healing place in God that for whoever did it, whoever thunk it, whoever, whatever, you can go to God and say, Father, my mama was not there for me when I was growing up. Thank God for Auntie May May and Coach so-and-so that showed me how to dress, how to comb my hair, how to shave my armpits. Thank you, Jesus. You understand? When my mother and father forsook me, the Lord took me up. Now, however he took you up was however he took you up. Somebody mothered you. Somebody fathered you. They may not have come home with you. They may not have given you a birthday present, but some God had somebody there. When this woman spoke death over her son, God had Elijah there. Elijah fathered that boy. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Because we have our preconceived notions of what our breakthrough is supposed to be like. It's not going to look like, you know, what the song said? His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. Right? God ain't trying to do something like how you want stuff done. That's why we the mess we in now. Doing something. God is not doing that. Well, this is what I want. And then when God gave it, Lord, I need you to help me, God. I just can't take it. The blood of Jesus, I need to help somebody. You know why they grab a Ishmael and try to dress it up? You can't 
dress up a goat? You can't do nothing with it. You can't make something holy that God never said was holy. But we'll do that, boy. We'll manufacture a breakthrough in a minute. Y'all come over here and bless my family. Come and bless. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, looks like I, I. <laughs> and you know how your parents, they give you that look. Y'all know they got that meme now, right? With a, what's her man name? What's her name? Lahan Lawrence Fishburne. He ain't even got to say that. That look he can animate. I think this took me out of here. I mean, he just gave me that look. He ain't got to say nothing, God. You will get certain people ask you to do certain things. Can you not pray to you? And God like, <laughs> Did we talk about that the other night? Wednesday night Bible study thing? You go and join yourself to stuff, and you wonder why you become a part of that stuff? Now, in the same hell they got, you got. Pray for me, girl. I'm just trying to figure out all of what happened over here ever since I come to your house. I've been going through. I'm just saying. This stuff is real, y'all. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. This is real. This is our life. We have got to deal with the things. Now, I'm just limiting it to this season. Now, I don't know which y'all been doing all year. <laughs> I'm just talking about just this past couple of months where it's been challenging for everybody. Me too. I'm on the Facebook Live trying to encourage the senior staff, and I'm breaking down ground. I'm hurt. Man, my people want me out. On the Friday thing, I'm crying again. I'm like, God, deliver me from grief. I told Pastor, I said, I feel like a warrior. I'm just crying over everything. I'm like, come out of me, sorrow. Come out. Jesus, what is this? Just crying all the time. I just start crying. What's this? So it's not unusual to pick up things. When you're surrounded by people that's, girl, I don't know. I, you know, then CMS had the, had the, I ain't gonna say the audacity to cut the budget. Oh, this is the wrong time to cut the budget. We don't know what next year. So you can imagine all on that mountain. And Jazika, I saved that word she gave me. And every once in a while, I look at it, I just shake my head like, good God Almighty. The girl was on point. You don't know what people are dealing with on their mountains. What Dr. Trace and our nurse are, are dealing with on their mountains. That's just in the workplace. And, and the kid talks about what she doing on the banking mountain. There are things, insurance, there are things people are dealing with just in the workplace, in the marketplace. And then you come home and you got kids. Well, Miss Brown said I got to have these five projects in by tomorrow, five o'clock. Come on. <laughs> Can you say pressure? Okay, how much holy ghost you got? You may say something, do something, or throw something. All three. So it's not unusual. This is not a condemning, oh, I'll never go to a demon. I'm just saying it's a part of your human experience to feel some kind of way when you're going through something. But in that, go back and deal with that crazy stuff. When you can see your way, when the bills are paid, when school is out and they pass the grade, then say, whoo, Jesus, now let me go and bite this devil, let me go and shut this mess down. Don't just say, I'm so glad school's over. Ooh, I can sleep till 12 o'clock. I can just go to the beach. I can go. Honey, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Be proactive. Well, in this case, unfortunately, we got to be reactive. We got to go undo some stuff that we've done. So the prophet was in place. And, and when that boy died, because guess what? 
God knew all along what was going to happen. He knew. And that's why he said, Elijah, I want you to go down to Zarephath, for I have commanded a widow to sustain. Now his eyes, he's looking at, she ain't got no money. She ain't got no food. Her son ain't old enough to do nothing. And I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't even about that. What God was doing was preserving a generation. And this is what each of us need to understand. People will misunderstand certain movements. They even put, why are you doing that? I don't understand why you do it. It ain't for you to understand. And the fact that you understand, don't understand is, gives me proof that I can't even explain it to you. Because the more I explain, you ever try to explain something to somebody who is committed to not understanding you? The more you explain, well, well answer me this then. Well, tell me, well, how about that? Well, how, listen, you just wasted 20 minutes of my life, I will never get back. Try to show you something you don't even want to see. Are we dealing with that right now as a nation? You can't, listen, if you don't want to see it, I don't care how many times, how many banners and flags, you just don't, you don't want to see it. Some people don't want to know. But they want to be contentious and draw you into a debate. I'm not, don't invite me to that party because I'm not coming. I said what I said. Period. So, you know, it, it, with Elijah, and I'm trying to wrap this up because I'm in the 41 minutes. I'm trying to wrap this up. And so with Elijah, God, Elijah did not know why. When God was giving me all I had no idea. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep the fight together, make sure everybody, so and so. I had no idea why God was doing that, but I just obeyed him. Yeah. Did it take a lot of time away from things that I needed to do in my life? Yeah. But guess what? Those were seeds that I've sown into the soil of the kingdom. And at God's appointed time, I'll get that back. However, he sees fit to do it. But at that appointed time, the ministry needed me full hands on deck. The ministers needed me full hands on deck. And so there's going to be seasons God's going to call you to do things that you like. God, why I got to do it like this? Why right now? Why I got everything? God said, I need you, first of all, to stop all that complaining and just get what I need done, done. Then he tell Elijah that, I'm jealous for you. They kill the prophets and they seek my life. God said, go down there. And, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I heard you, but I ain't there. Because the more I explain it to you, the more you're going to whine and complain. We're not doing that. I got to, the Lord is saying, Elijah, I need you to dethrone Jezebel. This woman is killing my prophets. I don't care about you having a bad day and how you feel. You, I will heal you and I will deliver you. But right now, I need you to come down off that mountain. And deal with some stuff. And so we say, I want God to use me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to laugh. Lord, and we get real deep. Lord, whatever you want to do in my life. <laughs> come on. You just, whatever God just, I give you my hands. <laughs> and then when God say, go and change your name of time. Oh, I just got my nails done. I just got a devil. What kind of devil was that told me to change somebody's time? I just got the fuck out of the body you. Lord, how are we Well, Lord, use me, God. If you give me a voice, I'll preach. If you give me whatever, if you put something in my hand. And then when God says, it's time. Here we go like Moses, but you know I stutter. I stutter a little bit. You never knew my daddy. Sister Mama them threw me down a river. Raised up in the house of demons. But you want me to, you want to use me. Come on, y'all. Say amen. This in the house. You want God to use you, but you want God to use you how you want God to use you. You want him to use you when you get ready. Oh my God, I feel a nausea, I feel strong. What you want me to do, God? God said, 
say, yeah, we're gonna sit down. <laughs> Check in when you broke and going through. Because <laughs> you're trying to do something different, and we're not doing that today. <laughs> so, what you need me to do? I've been fasting, I've been praying, I've been sowing seed, I've been with that time, I got marks, I got babies. I'll just need you to sit down. Apostle trying to sit on my kick. Apostles be pride. So, y'all. <laughs> oh, welcome home, by the way. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a close and we're going to get ready to pray, but. I want you to understand that many of you, if not most of you, are entering into a breakthrough season. And that's going to look different. Please don't think, oh, money's coming. Please. Don't offend God like that. Don't offend God like that. God can do bigger things than give you money. Okay? God can heal your whole family. Do you understand the kind of joy you walk in the door and you turn around and see your whole child? Y'all ever seen the color purple? When the silly, the girl came from Africa? The whole tribe is our flags up in the outside crying. Did y'all cry? Yeah. And that wasn't sorrow. And that was no, I was just happy for them, praise God. And when you saw the flag, you're like, yeah! yeah. Condom! Oh, you know, you felt that thing. But it, it, it's nothing like seeing your family lift their hands and say, Lord Jesus, we accept you. Yeah. What kind of money? What? It's no material thing. You know, that can, that can compare to people being saved, people being delivered and, and, and set free. So I believe that most of us are in that breakthrough season. And, and I, that's a good thing. I feel that. But I also, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be, want you to be naive and become so caught up and so overwhelmed and overcome with what God is doing that you don't take the time. And I'm, we're gonna do that here, but that's just on a little level because I don't know what all the stuff y'all did. So you gotta take, you gotta that's that's some work for you. You gotta put that work in, depending on how much you just talk crazy all every day for two months, and you just go ahead and say, you know what? <laughs> I'll see y'all next Sunday. I just got a whole lot of stuff I gotta deal with right now. But you know, you wanna make sure go back to Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, stand on this prayer because I'm already marching to my prayer right now. Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, Lord God, as we have heard your word, Lord God, and we've we've enjoyed ourselves and had a good fellowship. In the word, God, the bread has been broken, Lord God, the wine of gladness and joy has been poured out. But God, above and beyond all of that, Lord God, Father, help us as the Holy Spirit right now touches us in the realm of our memory. And Lord God, take us back down through these last two months. Or for some of us, if we have to go back a little further than that. But Father, there were things that I've said. Come on, I ain't the only one. There were things that I've said, Lord God, that was not fruit of your Holy Spirit. There were things that I've said out of being angry, yeah. angry with my coworkers, angry with my supervisors, angry with the president, angry with our governor, angry with Amazon, angry with the children, angry with my spouse, angry with myself, angry with friends, angry with people on Facebook. Lord God, there have been times that I felt so much, uh, just I felt anguish. I felt frustration. I had two people praying. Yeah, you gotta pray for yourself. I'm leaving it, but now I don't mean that you to sit and listen to me. I'm praying, praise God. And so, Father, I'm asking you in Jesus' name to, to walk me back down and ever so gently. I don't want to miss nothing. Don't race me down through it. Walk me back down the corridors of these past few months and let me see. Lord, let me see the areas that I've opened doors in my life 
in my family, in my household, in my service of ministry, in whatever it was, God. If I got frustrated every time somebody texts me and say, how you doing? I repent. God, I had no idea that, that, Lord, I may have offended somebody. I had no idea, God, that by me going through that, Lord God, that I opened up doors and I may have, have offended a relationship with my sister or my brother. I had no idea, God. I ask you to forgive me. I shut the door on offense. I shut the door on bitterness. I shut the door on resentment. God, have I spoken death against my finances and I've complained and I've whined about the ways that you made for me, God. I ask you to forgive me. God, me personally, I do, God. I do. I ask you. I've seen a tremendous cut in my salary and I have complained, but I ask you to forgive me. I thank you, Lord God, for my strength for it. I thank you, God, that that deposit came every two weeks. I thank you, God, that nothing has been lacking in my house. And God, I have complained because I lost my overtime and I lost other benefits and things. But Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that my household never went lacking. And so, Father, for any uh, spirit of complaining, oh, God, I just saw a vision. I saw a spirit of complaining sitting on top of finances, and I saw it, it weighed all the way down to where it was restricting the flow. Oh, God, I repent, Father, in the name of Jesus. But every time I complain, every time even I sign a new contract and I look at the pages and say, oh, God, every time I sign a new order and I look at the work that had to go on, God, I repent, Lord. I repent, Father, for asking you to make a way and then complaining about the way you made a way. Forgive us, God. Forgive us, God. Lord, I shut the door on every blockage, on every financial blockage, Lord God. We shut the door, God. We command everything out of our house that we spoke out of our lives, God, that was out of frustration, out of anger. Those of us who had cabin fever, we were tired of looking at each other's face, and we said, I wish you could go somewhere. I wish you could go. And there are many people that went somewhere, and they never came home. In the name of Jesus, we ask you to forgive us, God, for the times we said, I wish you go. I wish you find something to do. And because there are some who have and never return home, never return to that place, God. So in the name of Jesus, every wandering spirit that we open up in our homes, God, because we were tired of looking at somebody's face, we shut that door, we repent, we cause the word to come down. Oh, God, come down from the atmosphere, come down now from the spiritual realm of our houses, like the Bible said, our dwelling place, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, let there not be blessings and curses in the same house, even in this house, God. Those who may complain, why they gotta keep having lives? Why I gotta keep getting up early? Why they can't change it to 11? In the name of Jesus, Father, we ask for forgiveness right now for any word that we said that opened the door. That opened the door. Some of us said, when I get back in the house, will nobody be able to sit me down? And we came in and sat down. Forgive us, God, for allowing the zeal of the house, oh God, to dry up. We should have came in running. We should have came in clapping. In the name of Jesus, not realizing, God, what's next to come. There may be another closure. We don't know, God. But for the time that we have, you said, redeem the time because the days are evil. Let us take advantage, God, of every good thing that you're doing in our life. Let's take advantage. Oh God, forgive us, Lord. Oh God, for complaining, complaining, complaining and complaining. God, you allowed Israel to die in their complaints. They died right there. Died. They had quail and they might wouldn't satisfy with them. We're not grabbing strange meat. Father, in the name of Jesus, those of us who grab strange meat in this season, those of us who sold into strange 
strange meat and there's a harvest on the way and we don't know what it looks like. In the name of Jesus, we uproot the seed that we planted in that ground. Oh God, we speak death to that seed. Let it die. Let the sun of righteousness burn that thing, God. In the name of Jesus, those of us, God, that gave our ear to strange quail, strange meat, strange teachings, and now our spirit is so jacked up and torn up. We can't tell the truth from a lie. We don't know a false prophet from the truth. In the name of Jesus, God, deliver Deliver us, God. Only a true prophet can bring resurrection. Only a true prophet can bring life. No other prophet could have done what Elijah did. And God, if there's a voice of another prophet in our house, in the name of Jesus, that does not have the power to speak life, we evict them out right now. We evict them out of our spiritual house. We command you to leave. Crawl out of my ear gate. Crawl out my eye gate. Come out my hand gate. Where I was texting and okay and amen. Come out of my fingertips. Sanctify us. Sanctify us, God. Sanctify us. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Come on, come on, come on. We don't know what this next wave is going to look like. It is coming. It's already coming every day. New numbers. Increasing. And we don't say that to scare nobody. It's a reality. Hallelujah. Nobody says people of God live in a bubble. So heavily minded with no earthly good. Can't see our hands, our feet. Can't see nothing. Just all I see is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh God, help us to be real. Listen, deliver us from religious pride. And nothing can't touch me. Yes, you can. Hallelujah, God. Deal with our hearts. Lord God, let us fully enjoy our breakthrough season. Let us enjoy it with good, wholehearted, truthful, and righteous joy. And not be praising and shot and, and shot door and speaking in tongues. And we got demons in the house. Demons in the room. Demons walking the hall. Demons all in the backyard. Demons walking the street. And we're so busy praising, so busy, hallelujah. And we don't even see. Oh God, Nehemiah taught us how to build and how to watch at the same time. Let this be a season that we build and watch. Release God and build his anointing and a watchful anointing, God, upon your people. And yeah, we glad we can come out the house, but there's a devil still out there. In the name of Jesus, don't let us be naive, oh God. Don't let us be swept away. Oh Father, God, you show, you taught us, God. That woman was suffering so much. She cursed her own child. Rachel was suffering so much. Curse her own child. Father, forgive us. We know, especially those of us who have been stuck in the house with our kids for 60 days plus. And sometimes you do get frustrated with them and they get frustrated with each other. But in the name of Jesus, we drive that thing out, God. We drive out division and discord. These six things the Lord takes, they say, and cry an abomination unto him. My God, Lord, you say you hate. Oh God, those that so discord among the brethren. You hate mischief, feet that are swift to tell a lie, God. In the name of Jesus, reveal your glory. Reveal your truth. Let us embrace your truth. You said, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Oh God, you said, take it heed there too, according to your word. Let us embrace this word. If it cut let it cut. You told Paul, said, you said, it's hard to kick against a prick. That means your word will pierce us through. And we try to fight against it. It will fight back. In the name of Jesus, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, help us, Father. 
We surrender our lives to you. For those of us who are backslid, we just had this week completely. Like some of my students just zoned out, just drop off the grid. Those of us who have backslid in our hearts, restore us, God. You say you marriage the backslide. Well, some of us hadn't been in church in months. And, and God, it, it's, it's a new thing. We got to get acclimated all over again. Got to get used to getting up. Got to get used to putting on real clothes. And here we fuss. And man, I wish, I wish me, I, I, I like to be at home. I, I wish we didn't have to go back. The blood of Jesus. There's some breakthroughs you only get at the altar. There's some breakthroughs you only get under the authentic sound. In the name of Jesus. The word of God said, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together. As a matter of some is. So Father, we thank you for this time of assembly. Is it an adjustment for some? Yes, it is. But God, for those who been here the whole time. It's just a thing that we do, God. In the name of Jesus, let not let us not just do it, but be true to it, God. Let us be intentional about everything we do for you. Because you are intentional about what you do for us. You have blessed us. And you have kept us. You told me, you said, you, you told me, God, you said you would not lose not one. And I held on to that every day. I said, God, you said, I will lose not one. And I thank you. Not one positive text. Not one death. I have to rise over no funeral in this church, God. Thank you, Lord. Nobody's been kicked out of their house. Nobody's got, and man, we check on everybody. Everybody got food. Everybody got tissue. Everybody got gloves. You are a good God. Some folks ain't heard from their pastor. Ain't heard from their folks. Some of them don't even know how to get on social media. Don't even have internet access, God. But we have kept the flock. We are shepherding the flock. And I thank you, God, for the elders. You told Moses, you said, Jethro said, this work is too much. Ordained 70 elders. So I got 70. I got some, the rest are on the way. Thank you, God. Because that's what your word said. I got 70 elders, God, who will help with this great work. So that I can climb the mountain and sit in your presence and hear. And I have to feed tables and, and vacuum floors and, and drop off tissue. Thank you for those who are getting it done, God. Thank you for a true church, true apostolic, a people who will work. Thank you, God. Try out every lazy spirit, God, that is not full of an apostolic believer. That we are a working people. The very word apostolos means to go, to be sent. We don't just sit down and look cute and deep. We work. We are a laboring people. Father, we thank you, God. God, we love you, God. Father, we thank you for the intercessors, Lord. We did not forget them, Lord, who have prayed, who are covering this entire house, who are praying even across the nations, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But even as they may have covered also others and may have neglected to cover themselves, Father, we pray for them to cover them as well, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Father, we cover our work nurses, our medical staff, medical team. Protect them, Lord. Those on the front line. We all are essential workers. But they are face to face with that virus every day. And we keep the blood of Jesus over them, Lord God. Even when the cases rise, God, and, and the rooms get, begin to reach capacity, God, give them strength. Thank you, God, for time. Well, if this nation, God, if you ain't been in this club, you are doing for you are just being God. Honey, Lord God, you are whipping from the east to the west, from the north to the south. God, I thank you for chastisement. Thank you, God. Lord Jesus, we are sweating from the top of our head to the sole of our feet. But thank you. Thank you, God. We don't know what the next. The people are saying, God, what have we done? And what have we done to this year? 
of change. This is what we prayed for. This is what we labored for. And it must come. Zion must prevail. We must prevail. So God, all of us in this hour with wisdom, everybody's not our enemy. Every Caucasian, every, every officer, they're not our enemy. Lord God, let us not be like Paul, mad at everybody who said, I don't want to beat the A. I'm just, sometimes, God, in our frustration, we attack everybody. Friendly fire. Just shoot, just pick up a gun and just shoot everybody. And we injure innocent people. Give us wisdom. I pray for our white evangelical brothers and sisters, Lord. Many of them have, have come to an understanding of what the struggle is, <laughs> but many of them have not. And God, this country is divided. It is, God. But Father, we trust you. Those of us in our 40s on up, Lord God, we've already lived about half of our life. We have children and grandchildren and nieces and nephews, cousins, that's got to live and walk these streets. Help us to be mindful of the seed that we sow in the name of protesting. Help us to be careful, God of what we do and what we say, what we even share on our social media because God, the backlash is there. There are some that will lose their jobs. Some have lost their jobs because of voicing and venting, but shield and protect your people. Father, this is now that we need you like never before. Let the children of God walk circumspectly. You say, God, to let us be wise as a serpent but harmless as a dove. Bring healing to our nation. Bring healing and peace to our government, God. But change must come. It must come. When the Lord Jesus came to establish his kingdom, a new governmental regime, all hell broke loose. Whenever you establish a new government, God, there must be a civil war. And then the change will come. All things will pass away. And behold, all things will become new. So help us to endure. Keep our people safe. In their neighborhoods, those who live in certain neighborhoods or work in certain keep them safe, God. But we will not march and we will not walk in fear. For you have not given us the spirit of fear. So God, we love you and bless you, God. Those of us who need to keep praying when we get home to uproot some things. Don't let us just go home and turn the TV on and act like nothing happened. This is judgment work. This is an hour now, God, that you have anointed and graced us. To kill the beast. Because he's coming. That woman was excited about the food. And had no idea death was lurking over her son. But I thank you for the prophet being in place. Thank you God that you kept me in place. And many others God that held my hands up. To make sure our people could be brought back to this place at this time. You said I will bring you back to your own land. You are a good God. You will scatter us and make us whole again. You said that you will kill us and make us back alive. You're a good God. So Father, we love you and bless you and give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to take my seat for a few moments.